Hello, everyone. This is the third episode of our podcast night by Ellie Weasel. Um, we did pages 40 through 65, and we are going to talk about what our feelings are about the book so far. Okay, I'll go first. We, I'm going to talk about how he is continuing losing faith while he has entered the concentration He's just getting more resentful and more mad at God and everyone. Like, why? He just keeps questioning, like, why would God do this to us? He now, like, doesn't pray at, pray at all. He doesn't, like, he just doesn't believe in his religion at all. And on page 52, um, a quote when he was, like, when he repeated the never shall I forget like the seven of those and he said never shall I forget the those moments that murdered my god and my soul and entered my dreams into ashes and the one I never never shall I forget those things even when I condemned to live as long as god himself so he still like talks about god a lot but he just like I feel like resents him and hates him and honestly like how do you guys feel about that like do you guys think like he has every right to hate God, or like, do you think he should be more active in his religion more than ever right now? Yeah, so I actually found a quote. Um, it's on page 45, and it says, As for me, I had ceased to pray. Um, I was not denying his existence, but I doubted his absolute justice. So, kind of what you were saying, he doesn't think that God is, um, is there for him anymore, and that he's turning a blind eye to everything that's going on. And I just feel like it would be really hard to um, to stay active in your religion in these circumstances. And so I feel like that's a very, it's a very hard question, you know, for probably for a lot of people at the time. And yeah. I'm sure many people struggled with their, uh, you know, losing faith. No, yeah, I totally agree. I honestly, if I was like, in his position i probably would blame god but i also like think at this time of like need like you would ask for more help i don't know that's just why i wanted to ask the question and get your guys's opinion um it says in it says in the bible and it says everywhere that you know god doesn't give you more than you can handle but sometimes i i feel like if i was is it in his position I would think that, you know, people die left and right. You're becoming more and more hungry, more and more tired, exhausted, and just everything is not going your way or going in a good way, hell, even for that. So I, I feel like he's right to, like, stop, not stop believing, but just, like, pray less and less. But also in that time, that's when he should be praying the most because – you know, God is there on his side. It's very, it's very hard for him to comprehend what's going on as it would for anybody. But yeah, in, sure. and you just need to focus on what matters the most. To you. you need to focus on, even though there's nothing really positive going on, think of positive thoughts. Just keep going. Yeah, I get that a lot. Like, it happens most in the story, especially after he gets he gets to Auschwitz, but I feel like also during the time that he was at Auschwitz, 
you could it never really said anything about him giving up on his religion until that page so i think it was just that he was like asking for help and like just like test like i don't know how to say it but like like he was just praying and like still with his religion but then after a while i guess he just lost faith in it no yeah i totally got tired yeah he definitely no i'm sorry you can go i was just gonna say he definitely wasn't as invested in his religion like as time goes on he gets less and less invested yeah i think he's just like all his build-up anger and he's just kind of like gone now and I think I realized, like, when he switched camps to the next one after Astwich or whatever, how you pronounce it, he, like, never, I haven't, in that chapter, he never talked about religion again. It was when he was first in concentration camp. So I think after he said the never shall I forget those two quotes, like, it's just like I did see religion again. So I wonder if it will, like, continue throughout the book, if he just cuts off his religion or if he regains his faith. Oh, no, yeah, me too. I definitely think that farther on in the story, he may gain, you know, a, he, there might be a sign for him. There might be something that says to him, you know, you're going to get through this. So I feel like he might regain his faith. But we're just going to have to see in the next episode how everything plays out for him. Yeah, I totally agree. That's all I really wanted to discuss about um his religion side so if you want to move on we can okay so i'll do the next part the actual part of this starts at page 46 when his transport is decided and they're transported to the new camp buna lager that is still a part of the Auschwitz camp, but it was technically, technical term was Auschwitz Monowitz camp. And that camp had around 12,000 inmates and it was built October, 1942. And most of the inmates were Jewish. And in that, at that camp, there were many people going around to other, other, inmates asking around if like they knew each other or like they were related or somehow and after that obviously they were told to get in lines and roll calls and there were there were medical checks and that was when many people had their gold crowns removed and yeah so i feel like during like while he was getting his well he 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 didn't get his crowns removed until i'd say about a month later but there was that one doctor he was jewish right the dentist was jewish that was taking out the gold teeth i think he was yeah he was jewish so i felt like you know the dentist gave sort of like a mercy to him like you know okay i quote unquote believe 
that you that you're running high in temperature that you have a fever and I'll give you another week to come back and then he kept doing that and doing that until the that part the oral part of the medical bay was shut down because the dentist was selling the teeth or just selling the gold for his own benefit so they put him in prison and I read that um he that he didn't feel bad about it at all that you know he didn't feel any like oh he helped me in sort of a way so like I felt like his emotions that's when I really noticed that they were numbed down to like zero because you know if someone were to help me like that I would be very very grateful but it seemed like that he just he kind of didn't care yeah and I think it's interesting to see how I think at this point, everybody is very, like you said, numb. Uh, Their emotions are numb and they're all just tired. But there's still some people like that dentist who try to help and try to be kind. And so I just thought that was interesting. Kind of what you were saying about how there are still some people at this point uh, who are like that. Yeah, who are still trying to help, who are still trying to make the best out of whatever's left for them. And who was that one guy that kept um, beating at him? Because I, I, I got confused. There were two people. I think um, it was one of their, like, I guess you could say leaders or something. Like, the... just someone Commando? Who watches, yeah, someone who watches over yeah. him. I couldn't really tell. It made, it made it seem like he was, like, chill and nice. But then he would beat them at random moments. So I, I was confused, too, as well. Yeah, that I think that one there were two different people. So like one of the the commandos I think it was was one of the nicer ones and there was another person I think he was like a lower person on rank, lower rank. But mm-hmm. like Ellie saw something he shouldn't have seen and, like, just got beat for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I think those were two different people. Okay. I think that was Capo. I, Idek and Capo were their names, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And um, I wanted to talk about, because um, the woman that helped him um, not really helped him. She get she comforted him after, um, oh yeah, after Idek beat him, like really really bad. You know he was um, was he whipped? Yeah. Or was that later on? No, that that was later on when he was just beaten randomly. Is because he accidentally ran into him and like he was in a bad mood or something like that. Oh yeah. So yeah, he was in a bad mood, and then that one French lady helped him. Yeah. And. I read that, you know, she helped him, she comforted him, but then it also said years later he ran into her somewhere else. So that kind of threw me off because I didn't expect the story to go from, you know, to how, to how it was in the 40s to how it was then in the 50s. I wasn't expecting time to go by that fast and then go back to the normal story. It's kind of like a movie, like when a character sees something from the past 
and then it goes back to the future and it kind of ties in with the events that they were in right there. Yeah, and yeah. I think... Oh, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, I think it was because like she was a really big impact on his life because they like made it a couple pages long talking about how she was like pretending not to be Jew and like not being able to speak German and everything like that. I think it's because he was he was a a big impact on his life. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what we were just talking about, uh, how some people like this woman, and um, uh, the dentists were were helpful, and uh, how they were able to stay kind during all these terrible times. And yeah, the one that really stuck with him was the woman, though. I, I, I don't know why the dentist didn't really stay stay with him. I think he was just more um he lost more of during the dentist time more than the more than the girl that helped him. So I was just wondering why didn't he care so much for the dentist as he did for the woman. Why do you guys think I think, like you said, uh, the French woman just had a bigger impact on him because he also brought it back up. Um, I think it was right after that it it skipped later. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, she just had a bigger impact on him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. She definitely did. That was the middle part um, only because... It kind of went by fast. So, do you want to talk about the last bit? Why? Uh, yeah. So, uh, now we're at the part. I think it starts at like about page sixty. Uh, yeah, so, so the very end of the chapter. Yeah, the very end of of our reading for these last few weeks. Um, so he says, "Let me see." Page sixty-three. He says he witnessed a lot of hangings. And he never saw a single victim weep. And I just thought that was interesting because it shows how um, just how tired all of these people are that they're about to die. And you'd think that that'd be a really big deal, but they don't even it almost seems to not affect them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they're like brainwashed mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, so I thought that was uh, an interesting part. And then on page 64, they hang just a little boy, and he was kind of the servant to um, one of the officials who was, I I don't recall what he did, but they both got in trouble. And so uh, they they hung this this boy. And um, one part that really stuck out to me at the very end, um, they forced everyone to watch. And one of the person, one of the people watching uh, said, where is merciful God? Where is he? And then uh, as he walked by the body, he said, there he is. He's hanging from the gallows. And so I thought that was very powerful. And I think this is a big uh, part that ties back into his religious uh, beliefs and all of that, because um, I think this really uh, did not help with his faith. No, yeah, for sure. No, because it, it was one time after they hanged, uh, no, after they hung the little boy, or was it 
there was another hanging after that, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think there were two, or one of yeah. them. Yeah, there was one before. One before the little boy. Yeah. On page sixty-two. Yeah. Because I remember it said that one day the that the soup was the most delicious thing that he ever tasted, but then the 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 night when they hunt the child said that the soup tasted of corpses. So I thought that was um powerful. Like I, I, I agree with Wyatt. That was very powerful how he put the words in into that tying the little boy to the I really don't know what that um literary term is. Yeah, I think that was a really good observation. I, I like that. What do you think, Ray? I was gonna say, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think they were all like when they said the night the soup tasted like corpses. I think they were all just realizing like how fast their lives could just end, and like how like this isn't like they knew it wasn't a joke before, but like when they see a little child be like hung, and then they were forced to watch it and look at him. I think they're just realizing like how much scarier this is getting, and like how much harder they need to work and stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can also tell on the page where it's mentioned. It says this time the Lakakafa refused to act as executioner, so three SS took his place. So you can still tell, like around this, that people still had like empathy. Empathy, yeah. So like, even the the main. Who didn't even want to act as an executioner to hang a kid. And I think that also shows how um, how bad the situation is. Like, not even the person in charge who's who's doing all of this wants to take part in it. And that shows how how bad these things are. Mm-hmm. I I found the quote. It said. The SS seemed more preoccupied, more worried than usual. To hang a child in front of thousands of onlookers was not a small matter. The head of the camp read wait, read the verdict. All eyes were on the child. He was pale, almost calm, but he was biting his lip as he stood in the shadow of the gallows. So I, it, it kind of broke me um, seeing the SS act like that. Like you guys said, even though that's his job, to hang a child... Is that's just it's so messed up. Yeah, that is true. I don't know. I I really do think that the hanging is gonna be a big impact on how all the inmates are gonna act now. And yeah, I think it's gonna really have them work harder and try to stay out of trouble. And I think it also ties into his religion like that, you know, seeing the kid and then hearing, oh, like, you know, where where is our, our God when he needs him? I think that that may help or it may just beat down his belief in God to nothing after that. Yeah, I think this I think this really affects everything. And so I think this is a, a really important part. And that's why I wanted to read uh, just, you know, the next five pages just so we could read this part, because I think it's pretty important. No, no, yeah, it's, it's it, it, we'll see in the next 
a few pages how it um how it what, changes what him. What did you guys think about like the whole like pit of fire thing and like ass switch like when they like burn children and like you know what I'm talking about like the pit of fire. Yeah. I think that was like a rude awakening for them like when they all they already all had a bad time in the train just getting there and then when they got there I think that was like a really rude awakening yeah I agree I think it was like really traumatizing especially Mm -hmm. for newcomers and I think it was just the SS wanting to send a really rude message that you have to do what we want or else that's going to be you. Yeah. Which one do you think was more powerful, the hanging or the, I don't even know what it's called, like the fire, pit of fire? To be honest, I don't think those two are comparable at all because they're both really sad and like yeah, really bad. But... The fire pit was just done on random. So there's like really no way you can compare. You know? That's true. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Um, There was another part that I also wanted to talk about. When the Americans bombed the factory and his dad was inside, he really didn't seem like super scared like he didn't break out in tears he he was just like my dad's in that factory that they just blew up um how why do you think he reacted like that and not as you know someone crazy that like oh my god my dad's in there blah 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 i think it just goes back to kind of what we've been talking about the whole time all of these people are so numb to everything and um there was another part I'm trying to find it in the book uh but he talks about uh a kid beating his dad to give him uh his rations of his food and I I don't know where it is but I believe it was in this reading but yeah I think everyone was just so numb and so at that point he just didn't really care as much as he would have at the start mm-hmm. yeah and also while his dad was being beat. You guys remember that? Oh yeah, he had like no emotion or nothing. He just stood there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the air raid that you just mentioned, on the same page it says every bomb that hit the factory filled us with joy, gave us renewed confidence. So I feel like that was also a really big part in it. Like, they had mixed feelings. Because obviously he was anxious by the fact that his father was in the factory. But obviously they were actually kind of excited or something. I don't know the exact word to explain it. But they would have been, like, more excited that the bomb was destroying the factory. No, yeah, I agree with that completely. Because, like, I, I felt like it was it was giving him a sense of freedom later on, you know, when when all of it was over. 
Yeah, I think they're all just so, like, fed up with everything that they just have no feelings. They're almost, like, robots now. They just do what they're told. All right, guys, I, I think that summarizes our episode. I think so, too. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank,